Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And while there were shepherds, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 to 20. Glory to God. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Uh, Well, good evening. It's great to have you here with us uh, tonight. For many people I know, uh, a carol service like this marks the beginning of the the run towards Christmas. And uh, with the music we've been enjoying tonight, you can see why. It begins the run to Christmas, and then just beyond that, the end of the year. The years go quickly, don't they? I hope 2018 has been a good one for you, uh, that it's brought many good things. I wonder if you've, you've learned anything new this year. One of, uh, one of the new little phrases I've learned this year is this, this term, FOMO. Have you come across this? It stands for the, the fear of missing out. I'm told it's that anxiety 
uh, that you feel when you realize there may be an, an exciting event going on somewhere else that you've not been invited to. Uh, but no sooner do I learn FOMO uh, than I discover it's been replaced by something else. JOMO is the new term that you're meant to be aware of now. Do you know this one? Uh, it actually stands for the joy of missing out. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. It doesn't take long, does it, for it to be uh, the opposite. Uh, the, the reason behind this one is, well, there's so much going on in life. Life's so hectic. So you actually enjoy missing things, like the run-up to Christmas. Uh, life's hectic, isn't it? You can't do everything. Uh, there's hardly time to stop and think. I barely get to catch up on the news the weeks leading up to Christmas. Even with all the big government stuff that's going on, I feel stuck somewhere between FOMO and JOMO. Uh, do you ever stop and think for a moment what makes for a good news item? The kind of thing that kind of hooks you in. Usually there's a big issue, isn't there? There's a headline that grabs you. A good news item's got to have a bit of human interest, and it helps. It helps if there's some kind of picture involved, something for you to look at. Uh, Luke, who wrote one of the accounts from Christmas that we've heard tonight, he knows a good story. And we're going to look at two of them just briefly this evening. Uh, There's big issues. There's human interest. And there's even, as we look at it, you'll see there's there's a bit of a photo, a a picture to grab our attention. Uh, The first story, well, the big issue is big government. And it's doing what big government always does, issuing decrees. There's a policy statement from the man at the top, Caesar Augustus. And it's for a census to be taken of the entire Roman world. Uh, The human interest, Uh, well, it affects everyone. Everyone's to register in the town of their birth. Uh, But Luke makes the story personal. He he focuses in on one young couple, Mary and Joseph. They're pledged to be married. They live in Nazareth. That's in the north. But Joseph's from Bethlehem. That's south. So like any Christmas, there's traveling to be done. And Mary's pregnant. So it's a really inconvenient journey. Now, you know, there's no camera phones, but uh, we've got a picture, and Luke is the one who gives us the snapshot. This is what he says. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I guess for many of us, it's the, the Christmas story we know. We've been hearing it since primary school and up through the years, but When you stop and look at the picture, when you stop and think about it for a moment, actually you realize it's quite shocking, isn't it? You look at that and you realize it's it's young couple, uh, helpless victims of big government, and baby left in an animal feeder. You can imagine the headlines we'd have today. If it was the sun, it'd be something like this. Caesar's policy gone Christmas crackers. Uh, The Cambridge News might have it like this, bungling bureaucrats leave baby born in barn. Of course, if it was the Financial Times, it would be tourism boom in Bethlehem. (laughs) Property prices soar. Look, we need government, don't we? But you sometimes feel it's the little people that get forgotten. 
I mean, you can't expect government to, to keep an eye on everyone, but it's, it's almost in the way Luke records this for us. He says, a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. It just feels more empire than people, doesn't it? More structures than individuals. And it's often the way with good news items. The more you read them, you realize they're just not very good news. But then there's the second story. And the big issue with this one, well, is big government again. And they're doing what big government always does. It's issuing decrees, but it's not just the man at the top this time. And it's, it's not just the Roman world. No, we heard about this shepherds out in a field and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. This is about God. The angel's God's messenger. His press secretary, if you like. So we're listening to the one who well, he made the world. And that would mean his government is over every other government. And here was the press release. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And the human interest was all over this story. And as you read it, it just feels more personal. You, you hear these words, don't be afraid, I, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And as you read it more closely, you realize it's, it's not just people in general. This, this is really personal. The angels say, don't be afraid, I bring you good news. A Savior has been born for you. Sometimes with big government, there's a real concern about FOMO. There's a fear that some people will get missed out. But not here. Not in this Christmas story. No, this government will even notice shepherds out on a hillside. And like any Christmas, there's traveling to be done. But for these shepherds, it doesn't seem to be an inconvenient journey. They seem excited by it. And read on in the story, as you dig into, you see there's, there's another journey going on in here, and it's all to do with who the baby is. Because the angel said, he is the Messiah, the Lord. But the angel, well, the angel was the angel of the Lord. And that means, well, the Lord is God. And you see what Luke's telling us? Uh, this baby, well, this baby is God. Somehow that first Christmas, God became a human. A big government, if you like, became one of the people. And his journey was much further than the shepherds, much further than Mary and Joseph, much further than you or I will travel at Christmas. This is saying the creator, well, he traveled into his creation, but always keeping an eye on people. Shepherds on a hillside, Mary and Joseph, you and me. See, this says Christmas, well, Christmas is the ultimate human interest story. 
You know that idea, it goes around, you've maybe thought it, maybe you've heard it, that, that God, if he is real, if he is real in any way, he must be some kind of distant tyrant. Christmas says, that's a lie. It's a lie. And you might be here tonight and it's, it's your church outing for the year. You're, you're not a Christian. You don't think you believe. For you, God is more Jomo than, than FOMO. I was chatting to, to one of my neighbors in the past week and he told me he's, he's about as far away from religion as it's possible to be. But sometimes a headline grabs you, doesn't it? Just grabs your attention. God, the one who made everything, taking an interest in you personally. I said, what if that was true? Perhaps you think, well, that's the last thing I need. God trying to run my life. Look, look, he's the Lord. And that means God can't be anything less than big government. He, he can't be anything less than that. It's just that while he's never less, Luke wants to say to us, look, he's always more. The angels again. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. You think about it this way. Caesar issued a decree that set people moving for him. This says God issues a decree that set him moving for people. Moving to rescue them. And the rest of the Bible will, will fill out just what that means. Why the world is the way it is. Why, why even at happy times of the year like Christmas, many people struggle. And why for all the good things we do, we, we still depress ourselves by not even being able to live up to our own standards. Why there's still so many questions about suffering. We've, we've had it this year, haven't we? Even the past few weeks, a gunman in Strasbourg the young woman who was killed while she was backpacking, the need for the Me Too campaign, the turmoil and protests over governments at home and abroad. And you think, why does it happen? Well, Christmas says, the heart of our problem is that people reject God's good government and the results are, well, they're all around us. We may be victims of some things, but we're also the guilty ones. And the Bible says that God has promised one day to fix this world, to remake it. Fixing some things is easy, isn't it? Some of you will find that in Christmas morning. Presents will be opened, and almost immediately a toy or a game will be broken, and you'll be able to fix it up. Quick as a flash, you'll do it. Fixing people is a little trickier. Some of you will face that on Christmas morning too, won't you? The tension in relationships that still continue. The empty spaces round the table that continue. Can God fix people? Not ignore the things we do wrong and yet at the same time answer a question, if you're real, if you really are there, Will you fix things? Christmas says, God, the Messiah, 
has come to be your Savior. His journey to Bethlehem, it it didn't end there. His really was an inconvenient journey. It took the one who is in himself, big government, all the way to a cross outside a city, nailed up, headline news for all the world to see. And doing that, taking the punishment for the things that we've done wrong, so that when he comes to fix this world up, he can fix guilty people he's forgiven too. At Christmas. Christmas is, it really is a human interest story. God's interest in people generally. But also his interest in you personally, whoever you are here tonight. It's kind of popular to think, isn't it? It's kind of popular to think, if you don't want to miss out on life, you need to be free to do whatever you want to do. You need to limit the involvement of big government from your life. But Christmas says that with God, it's the other way around. If you really want to be free to enjoy life, you need God's big government in your life. Oh, this story, this second story, it still needs a photo, doesn't it? It still needs a a picture to go along with it. And funnily enough, it's the same as the first story. The, The angels give us the snapshot this time. This is what he, this is what they say. Uh, This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And we're back at the stable again. Second story, same stable. The only thing is, is that as you look at the picture now, it's, it's not so much a shocking birth. It's actually a reassuring birth. It's there as an, as an unexpected sign that big government is working even in the mess and inconvenience of life. I'm not good at writing headlines. I'm not sure what the headlines should be, but they should probably say something about God's control. Did you notice, even as Caesar's passing out decrees that inconvenience people, God works around that. His plans... Well, his plans even seem to work through the mess and inconvenience of life. That would be encouraging, wouldn't it? If that was true, that would be encouraging with, with all of our ups and downs. With governments making rash decisions that cause anxiety and stress. The difficulties that you and I will face in this coming year. Christmas says, there is another government always at work, often unnoticed, that you could have confidence in. And I think the headlines should say something about God's care. Because you you could hear about God's control and you might think, oh, here comes someone who's just going to stop all the joy, want to take control and ruin everything, but Christmas says you've got them wrong. Now, the one who rules the universe... Well, he has traveled a very inconvenient journey for you. So if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, you're being offered good news from God and about God. But it comes as you take the freedom he offers when you accept his good government in this little one that was born at Christmas, Jesus Christ. 
You can't do everything this year. And you can't do everything at Christmas. You'll be making choices all the time about what you can fit in. But between FOMO and JOMO, if you remember those, can I encourage you, take time to look at the one who makes Christmas a really good news story. But here's a few things you could do just as we finish. Take a free gift. A free gift from a Scotsman. As you head up to Christmas. I've got a couple of things I'd love to hand out to you. Here's a little book that just says a a bit more about Christmas. It's very brief. You could read that. Or here's another thing. We've looked at a bit of Luke's account of the Christmas story and of Jesus' life. Here's the whole thing. Uh, Why not take one of these and this Christmas just read beyond the headlines? Find out what's really going on. Here's the second thing you could do. If you want to find out more, maybe you've come with a friend or a family member. Maybe there's someone who, who goes to church all the time and you've, you've wondered about it. Why do they go? Why not this Christmas? Maybe even on the way home, say to them, do you really believe all of this? All this stuff about the baby born at Christmas. And if you do, could you tell me why? I'd, I'd love to hear. Maybe, maybe sometime over the holidays we grab a coffee and we can just chat about it. That's what friends do, isn't it? They talk with each other about what's important. And here's a third thing you could do. Come again. We'd love to welcome you back here at Christ Church. Come and hear a bit more about this Christmas story. I'm going to stop there. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a very happy and a very merry Christmas. And just as we draw our service to a close, we're going to sing our closing carol, which, funnily enough, is all about listening to the angel's message. Thanks for listening.